Hey, party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, I am joined by friend of the show, Tasha Robinson, for a game of 183 Days by Sarah Williamson and James Stewart. Inspired by the Charlie Jane Anders story, Six Months and Three Days, 183 Days is the story of two clairvoyants in love. Sam can see one future. Dylan can see many possible futures, each with perfect clarity and detail. Both know that they will fall in love one night and that their relationship will last exactly 183 days. It will be the most intense relationship of their life and it will end horribly. It is an achingly beautiful game of intimate role play, shared personal experience, and intense conversation. It is one of my favorite role-playing games ever written. It is a game that I've wanted to play on the show for a very long time, and I'm so happy that we got to make it happen. That said, it's emotionally intense, and if emotional intensity and and deep personal arguments are not something that you're interested in, be aware of that before listening to the episode. There's also some brief discussion of sexual content. You can find more information about 183 Days in the show notes. Tasha is the TV and film editor for TheVerge.com. She's also one of the hosts of The Next Picture Show, a podcast that reviews newer films alongside older films that have something in common with some deep and insightful discussion about both. It's a podcast I really, really like, and I think you should listen to it. And you should check it out at FilmSpotting.com slash NextPictureShow. Finally, a brief reminder before we dive in that on October 16, 2018, the Kickstarter launches for Mission Accomplished, the role-playing game of Super Spies and Office Meetings. I really hope you'll come back the game and help make it happen. It's a game that I'm really deeply, personally proud of, and I can't wait to share it with the world. That is October 16, 2018, Mission Accomplished on Kickstarter. I think it's a great game. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am joined once again by my good friend, Tasha Robinson. Tasha, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. I am so delighted to be back. I'm hoping to do better this time than I did last time. I think it's going to be a great episode and a great game. But before we get into the game that we are playing this week, why don't you take a moment and let the audience at home know about any projects you're working on, anything you might want them to know about, that sort of thing. Well, I'm the film and TV editor at The Verge, uh, theverge.com. It's one of Vox Media's uh, sites. Um, We deal with uh, technology in the future. Uh, But overall, I'm just a film critic and a a TV writer. I do a lot of essays about what's going on in the entertainment medium. Um, That's pretty much it. I uh, I actually don't do a lot of game stuff. I mean, I do. I play a ton of games, but uh, unfortunately, I do not invite the entire Internet to come play in them. Um, but yeah, I'm not like a, a game designer, like many of the people you talk to, although I am working on a game that I hope someday you personally will play. Jeff. I, that makes me very happy to hear. I, I would like to one day play it, whatever it is and whatever it's about. I will, <laughs> I will mark my words. I will play it when it is ready to be played. Awesome. But we have a game to play this week. Uh, we are playing 183 days, a, a love story between the only two clairvoyants in the world. We have two players, Sam. I will be playing the character of Sam, and I can see the future. And you will be playing the character of Dylan, who can see many possible futures. So we have a deck. We each have a deck of cards in front of us. It has 365 days on the cards. The few days are missing along the way, and we'll be excising maybe a few extra cards in the deck uh, as we go. The general rule stuff and clarifications. I am excited and terrified because, you know, we've done literally no preparation for this. It's all in the deck. I have no idea what we're about to experience right now, except probably a doomed love story. It it seems very cinematic to me. I'm excited. I'm super pumped. Okay. So uh, let's begin. Uh, Flip the first card on your deck. We will each read uh, in. We'll each read what it says on this card, and then we'll go through a few rules cards. This is 
Day 365. Sam sees the future. Dylan sees many possible futures. Tomorrow they go on a date, and their relationship lasts for exactly 183 days. My card says, Sam sees the future. Dylan sees many possible futures. Tomorrow they go on a date. Their relationship almost always ends in 183 days. So I I think I'm going to have a little more hope than he is. We're going to find out. 183 Days is a free-form game for two players who plays the only clairvoyance in the world. It takes about two hours to play. During this time, we will talk out scenes from our relationship. The game unfolds through the instructions on these cards. We'll flip when we're instructed. When the number on our deck is lower than ours, flip until the deck catches up. Always read each card, even if you are catching up. The cards will have instructions on when we draw cards, what we do, what we think, some prompts that we'll read along the way. Uh, The game involves physical touch. Uh, since we are recording remotely, what I think we'll probably do is just either like narrate like a physical touch or something to that effect. I think that's the easiest way to do it. Or even just say like, hey, I am I am reaching out to touch you at this moment. Okay. Each one of these pauses represents both of us flipping over a card and looking at it. We We haven't gotten to the actual gameplay cards yet, but we're experiencing each of these like for the first time, one at a time as we uh, as we find out what's on these cards. That is correct. We're going to be playing a character. So this is important. Uh, We're going to be playing characters, but the game is about us. When the game asks for your question, when the game asks you a question, this is about your experience. If you don't have an experience that fits, make up what seems best, but don't let me know that you're making something up. And to the best of your knowledge and to the best of your ability, if a game asks you a question, it is about something that uh, you have experienced. You know, this is a blending of character and person in a way that is terrifying. You should also know that we're going to experience some intense emotions. It's okay to check in at any time, you know, take a break, take a breather. We have safety mechanics in place so that, you know, if we need to, we can stop, we can breathe, we can see how we're doing. You feeling good so far? I'm feeling great. I will just, right. I, I will tell you up front, I am terrible at remembering that human beings sometimes need to pause in role-playing games. Uh, I like, I've run four-hour con games where people have to beg me for a bathroom break after three <laughs> hours. And the more intense it is, the more I like it. So I, I'm, I'm probably not going to be the one to, to call for a pause on this. That but sounds good to me. Let's find out. All right. Uh, so here we go. Day 280. This is a game about love. I'm going to ask you and then answer for myself. How affectionate are you? Oh, interesting. We've got different uh, different cards. So, okay, you're asking me in real life how affectionate I am. How affectionate are you? I'm 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 a cuddler. I, I like a I like a physical contact. I have no problem with uh, with PDA. Um, I tend to be pretty aware of uh, people having very different rules around that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I'm, I'm definitely not a, the kind of person who hugs somebody who hasn't initiated. Like I love hugs. I will not hug. I will not be the first to hug someone. That's about exactly where I'm at as well as I am a very affectionate person, but like I, I, I work very hard to keep those boundaries in place until, uh, until we have established what those boundaries are. So uh, why don't we go back and forth with the questions on our cards for day 280. Sure. Jeff, what was the first time you were ever in love? The first time I was ever in love was in college. Uh, it was a, it was dorm cest. It was <laughs> a girl on my floor. It went very badly, but uh, it was short lived. Hey, it was a little under a year. It was your just, it was the most freshman romance of freshman romance. 
Wow. In love is a really hard one. I mean, I can remember the first crush I ever had, like the first really passionate feelings I ever had for someone. And that was in high school. And that was one of those, uh, you know, we were, we were clearly meant to be soulmates if you would just figure it out uh, kind of things that kind of gives you more pain than, mm-hmm. than joy or hope. But yeah, it's high school. You know, you hang on to anything that feels like a big emotion. And uh, man, I, I still remember the, the incredible passionate feelings that I had for that guy who, by the way, was gay. So do you wish you were more or less affectionate? <laughs> that feels... <laughs> That feels, I feel pretty much the same as I'm pretty comfortable with where I'm at. I feel like, I feel like, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm at a point where I am comfortable expressing affection in a very positive way. And I don't want to kind of intrude on other people's spaces, but I'm happy with where I'm at right now. I mean, I'm sure that if, if we all were at this exact setting of affectionate, nobody would ever hug, you know, because we mm-hmm. don't want to be the initiators. So yeah. I'm glad that there are much more expressive and huggy people out there. I just, I don't, I don't feel if I really wanted to be that person, then I would just mm-hmm. be that person. So it's not like there's something holding me back. Yeah. So here's one for you. What was the best first date you were ever on? The best first date I was ever on is actually the first date I had with my now wife. Uh, we went mini golfing. We went for ice cream. We hung out like in the parking lot of a Target because there's not a lot of things in like the South Jersey area that I live in. And I, I brought her on a date. We went back to the train station, at which point we kissed and both went, okay, so that was a date. We're all in agreement that that was a date. And now we're married. So it all worked out pretty well. Oh, uh, yeah. You've got to love that. Uh, all right. We've, we've confirmed that this is not just hangouts. Uh, mine, yep. mine is pretty much the same. It, my my best first date easily was uh, with my now husband. And I don't, I honestly don't remember what we did earlier in the evening. We were, it was at the kind of the dawn of the internet. We had a habit of hanging out in, in the like college computer room. Uh, for hours and hours on end, like sitting next to each other, but talking to each other and strangers online. And I just remember the evening turned into one of those evenings where you talk and talk and talk for hours. And then at some point we found that we were kissing each other. And then at some point after that, we tried to leave and we ended up just standing in a doorway, both of us sort of saying, all right, I'm going to go and then kissing some more for, Mm, mm. I couldn't even tell you how long. Um, I'm not sure it was planned as a date. It absolutely became one. And it, it certainly was the most memorable first date of my life. Good. Uh, that that makes me really happy. So um, when did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? Um, off the top of my head, the, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, I'm on a podcast. I was going to talk about this at, at the end rather than the beginning of this podcast. But I'm on a podcast called uh, The Next Picture Show, where we talk about uh, a current movie and how it relates to an older movie that, that kind of rhymes with it. And we were recently doing uh, a, a pair up of The Incredibles 2 with Goldfinger. And for some reason, well, we, we kept coming back to the theme song, the Goldfinger mm-hmm. theme song. Sure. He loves only gold. Uh, and and iterating on it, we're all sitting around just singing that line to each other over and over. And somewhere in the middle of the podcast, I just started singing to them, da 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 da. da he loves only gold, da 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 da. da. <laughs> Which later, in a, a later recording of a different podcast, became gold's the only thing he loves. He loves only gold. So the last time I sang to somebody was a bunch of colleagues I've known for more than fifteen years, just doing Looney Tunes nonsense involving James Bond for some strange reason. I love that to death. 
All right. And that is the last card on mine. I believe you have one more question. I do. This is a game of falling out of love when the walls close in, shifting from infinite possibility to dim corridors. What was the worst breakup you've ever been through? Oh, the worst breakup I've ever been through was, gosh, I think it was, it was my, I I will say, I think it like with the hindsight of an adult, it was probably bad because I did not take, like I was bad about it, but like I got, I got a call and it had come at the end of a lengthy period of like, I'm pretty sure we're breaking up. Like, I'm pretty sure you are prepping to break up. And, like, I just got really upset. Like, I was specifically not upset that we were breaking up. I was upset that, like, it did not happen sooner. And so it was was a very long, awful phone call. And then, it like, we just existed in this sort of awful breakup space for, like, months of, like, are we good? Are we friends still? And then we saw each other. The next time we saw each other, like, that summer... We just had like a fight of fights and we're like, okay, no, no, we're not in each other's lives anymore. We're good. We're all set. Okay. And so that was the worst breakup. And that actually also answers like my question uh, for you, which was when is a time you knew a relationship was doomed and what did you do? Which was like, I got the sense partially because my partner at the time had told me, yeah, I kind of put partners in a space for a period where I know that I'm going to break up with them. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm being told this because I'm in that space. I'm just going to ride it out and see what happens. That's probably the right thing to do. <laughs> Turns out it was not the right thing to do. Uh, what about you? What was the what, When was the time you knew a relationship was doomed and what did you do? Well, living back, I, I guess I can answer that one in worst breakup at the same time. Um, I mean, I, I haven't been, I've been in very long-term relationships. I haven't been in like a lot of little relationships and I'm not much of a yeller, so I don't have any like big breakup fight stories uh, or, you know, relationships that ended with screaming and throwing things. Mm-hmm. I just have like a handful of relationships that ended more or less with that sense of doom um, mm-hmm. and with kind of people ghosting out of my lives. And I think oh, that's awful. The last time I, I was in a relationship that fell apart and I knew it was doomed. I, <laughs> I went into a, like a full on, I, I had never had anxiety attacks before that. But, you know, when I realized that somebody that was important in my life was just not really going to be a part of my life anymore, uh, I just I shut down for a while, uh, except mm-hmm. for the anxiety attacks. It was interesting. Like, I've never spent so much time feeling like my heart was just going to jump out mm-hmm. of my throat. It was all very, very physical. And uh, yeah, I, I, I know that feeling. Really glad to be done, done with that phase of my life. Yeah, right. It feels pretty good to be on the other side of that. So uh, we are going to skip the phase where we look into each other's eyes for four <laughs> minutes on <laughs> account of this is a podcast. That, that certainly would not be awkward. Uh, it's 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 not as awkward as it sounds because it does not say you're not allowed to talk, but it does not make for good radio, which is why we're passing over it. <laughs> okay, uh, so we we are now actually ready to start the game. Uh, it is it is day two hundred and forty two. I'm going to flip. My name is Sam. My pronouns are he his. Uh, I can see the future. My parents didn't believe me. I could see for years that they were going to die when I was nine on a plane. My card says, your name is Dylan. You can be whatever gender you want to be. I'm going to go with she, her for my pronouns for this one. You were an anxious kid, agonizing over small decisions until you realized that if you concentrated hard enough, you could see how each decision would turn out. 
Think of how you might tell your parents that you have powers, then flip to the next card. I set fire to their suitcase. I ripped up their tickets. I begged. And they still died. I know that Dylan and I will fall in love. I know that it will be the happiest days of my life. And I know that it's going to last for six months and three days. I don't know every detail. And I do know that they're going to break my heart. Here's day 240 for me. Your parents were surprisingly understanding when you told them. You were pretty sure they didn't believe you, but they were supportive. And that's what you needed. And isn't it because you chose how that conversation was going to go anyway? Now, I'm just going to assume as part of my uh, characterizing Dylan and uh, how I chose to think about this, that uh, I did, in fact, choose something that seemed like it'd be low confrontation. Maybe there was an option that would uh, end with them believing me, but having problems with it. And I, I deliberately chose the option where they didn't necessarily believe me, but I wasn't going to hear any more about it after that. So day 236, there's one future where they believe you. You change the world, you become famous, you're miserable. There are riots and kidnappings. Governments fight to have you. It all ends in fire. Well, that's a lot of uh, determination that uh, I already kind of went through in my head. So congratulations, story cards. Day 224, you'll date Sam. In most of the timelines, you two go out for about six months. It ends badly in all of them. After Sam, there's one possible future where you die peacefully at an old age, surrounded by family and lovers and cats. You're not sure exactly how to get there, but you're always aiming that way. Day, so that puts us at day 184, which is our first scene, our first meeting. Day 183. This is the bar, the swell bird, where we're meeting for the first time. I didn't have to suggest the place because you knew that this is where we would meet. It's, what is the swell bird like? What does the smell like, look like, clientele? It is um, a... I think it's a, a like hipster bar that touts one of those hipster bars that touts itself as a as a dive bar. But like it's kind of deceptively well maintained. So like there's stickers on the wall and it's all band posters. But like they also have, you know, craft cocktails and they have like art displays there. And it's all very it, it, it try. It's a very they've they've taken the aesthetic of a dive bar while making it very like community focused and they're a very like welcoming place do they have do they have food is the food like advertised as farm to table or one of those things where they only make five things but they're all like really specific interesting five things i think it's that i think they only make i think they have a very like one of their menu is like a like a four by six like printed out card like they cut a sheet of paper into quarters and you just pick it up and you're like oh i'll have a number two and like you know, they ask you a few questions like, do you want that with chickpeas or with bacon? We make either. And it's like, OK, I, I see what's happening here. And so but the food is delicious. It is the best food in town. I see this as being the kind of place where the waiter probably comes and sits down next to you in your booth, maybe without announcing that he's going to do that. So you just have to suddenly oh, oh and kind of scoot over to accommodate him as he sits there and mm -hmm. tells you like, well, th this is what we're making right now. I'm really excited about this. And now. We're here. I'm anxious. We know how this is going to turn out, but my stomach is still in knots. How am I? How am I dressed? What am I doing as I wait? And how do I not fit in here? I am wearing. Uh, I am wearing. Like, I'm trying to dress like a like a cool date, but I'm still undeniably wearing like date clothes. So I'm wearing like a vest and a skinny tie, 
and I look very like my hair is nice and combed and I'm kind of just leaning on the bar and like everybody is trying their best to look cool and I am trying my best to look presentable despite the fact that like that like it's not quite established that it's a date and so even though like we both know we're going to meet and date we're I'm just like okay I'm gonna look my best this is what I'm supposed to be wearing so uh I'm gonna I guess lean on this bar let's go over oh, just, just briefly i think we need to know are did we were we set up by anyone or we do we just both know through our clairvoyance that this is where we happen to meet and both of us are sort of pretending it's an accidental meeting i the way i see it i think it is i think it is the latter that like it was it's supposed to be we meet it we meet at a bar and like start a relationship but because we both know we're going to meet at a bar it's this weird space of like half expecting this date but half not but i think that the i think were clairvoyance not a factor this would be our first meeting in the bar except that we know each other very well because of who we are uh my card for 183 just says listen as sam describes the bar there's no prompt for it have you moved on to 182 Mm -hmm. okay my 182 says you see sam there waiting listen as sam describes himself describe yourself as you walk over to the table um, <laughs> and I need to figure out what's surprisingly cute about you. Uh, she has definitely full on dressed like it's a date. She's wearing, um, I'm going to mm-hmm. say kind of a, like a flirty little white skater dress, uh, with a print of cherries all over it. Just like, uh, you know, two little cherries attached by a stem. Um, and she's wearing a little matching necklace. That's like two little cherries. Um, she's definitely like taken trouble with her hair and her makeup. Like she's, she's not super dressed up. She's dressed up in that kind of way that says she probably spent two hours picking a, an outfit mm-hmm. and doing her makeup to look not dressed up and not made up. Um, and what is the thing that's surprisingly cute about Sam? I think that, uh, the sort of first thing she identifies, like she knows from the future that he's clairvoyant and that he's expecting this. Mm -hmm. She knows that he saw this coming, but he still seems nervous. Like he's still sort of fussing with his tie a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she thinks it could be really easy for somebody with the kind of powers we have to be pretty arrogant about like, I know where this is going. Um, But she thinks the fact that he still has a little anxiety is uh, really charming. All right. So uh, my next card is I start we start eagerly trading stories and asking each other questions even though we both know what the other will say. I think for her all right. So I'm going to say that uh like after we've sort of sat down and kind of done the uh, like I, I see both of us sort of starting starting to talk at once and then kind of mm-hmm. laughing because we both knew it was going to happen and did it anyway. Like when you run mm-hmm. into somebody on the sidewalk and you both go left and then you both go right and then you both laugh. That's happened to me like six times in the last, <laughs> that's happened to me like six times in the last three days. So I know the and feeling. And part of the funny part of that, the thing that makes you both laugh is when you both step to the left at the same time, you know that you're both going to step to the right at the same time and that mm-hmm. you're both going to laugh. Yep. So I think it's the same kind of thing where we're both like, okay, so what I thought, it's nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. <sighs> wow. Okay. So, I mean, I know I know that you do some of what I do. I what I guess I don't know for sure is like how how detailed is it? Like do you do you know that waiter's about to trip and do you feel I, like we should say something? I, I do. I, I I guess I I guess I was going to ask you the same question. Like 
Because, like, yes, that waiter's going to trip in three, two, smash. But, like, you, like, what's it like for you? Because, like, you know that, like, I guess that you know that, like, if there you do different things, that might not happen. Like, what is that? What does that feel like to have possibility? Oh, it feels really freeing. I mean, like sometimes it's it's really easy to miss an opportunity. Okay, now I feel bad about the waiter. The thing is, though, I could have gone over and stopped the waiter from tripping, but then he would have he would have see that that guy over there, the, the mm-hmm, guy that's like sure. almost falling out of his booth. He would have gotten that extra whiskey shot. And then he would have stepped outside and like gotten clipped by a car and he wouldn't have gotten hurt really badly or anything, just like clipped by the window. But like you, you always have to look at that kind of thing because anytime you interfere with what's going on, like you could be causing all kinds of things. And if I, if I just let something happen, it's, it's like it is for anybody else. It's, it's not my fault, but if I interfere uh, suddenly everything that happens could be my fault. And that's, that can get a little weighty, but isn't it like, isn't it like, isn't it all your fault either way though? Like, like, you know, you could do a million different things, but you only end up doing one thing. This is weird first date talk. Of course it's, it's weird of, first date talk, but you knew it was going to be. We, well, we did know that it was going to be a weird first date. We should probably get drinks or something. Or something. <laughs> we should definitely get drinks. That, that ends well. So we get drinks. Most of the time. And um, ask Dylan and then answer is Sam. What's it like for you now? Do you have any friends that know? No. I mean, I told my parents early on because I just, I felt like they needed to know. I felt like there were going to be times, well, I knew there were going to be times where I did something that was a little weird and I didn't want to freak them out too much. But in every future where I told people, things went really badly. Like they wanted me to predict things for them. And then they wanted me to fix things for them. And then they got angry if anything ever went wrong for them. And I can't, I can't see everybody's future and I can't fix everybody's problems. So I just didn't tell people. What about you? You know, I, I don't know. I have tried to explain it to people but like, a they think I'm joking, or b they think that I, they like find you know. I told somebody, I told my roommate in college, like I've made. I guess what I'd say is I've made jokes. You know, I'm like, I knew that was going to happen. I I I always know, and people and people laugh about it. They're like, you always seem to, you always say you know what's going to happen, and then they don't consider the fact that like I know what's going to happen. But like, I told my, I guess I after I told my roommate, and then I got a new roommate. I kind of figured it was better to like keep it to jokes. Jokes are easy. People, people laugh at jokes. Yeah. People laugh at jokes, but sometimes, I mean, have you ever done anything really big, like saved a life or, or stopped a big accident? It's not in the cards. I, I could, I mean, you know, I'm not you. Like I know, I guess I, I guess I will, I will stop a car accident in like, in like, 10 years like i'm gonna honk at just the right time and somebody's gonna stop short i'm gonna snap my fingers when i make an official prediction it's the next card i think says that this is when i'm supposed to touch your hand and look into Mm -hmm. your eyes so i think instead of like doing that i'm just gonna snap my fingers that seems like a good prediction thing yeah i'm gonna snap i'm gonna i'm gonna stop i'm gonna honk my horn at just the right time and like that'll stop but like i know that's gonna happen like it's not 
I guess it's not big. It's not big in the way that it would be big if you did something because like I already know that I'm going to do it, right? Like it's not it's inevitable. Oh, that seems really weird. And kind of almost sad a little bit, but it sounds like you can see things way, way further than I can. Oh, I can. uh, Yeah. I mean, 10 years. Oh, I can. I mean, I can see all sorts of stuff. Like, I mean, do you want to know what you're doing in 10 years? No, no. God, no. Sure. I mean, I. How 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 sure are you? Like for other people? Like, how do I know? How do you know what? Oh, gosh. No, I, I think I like I think I like to preserve the 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 illusion of choice at least. What if it's like a really small thing? What if it's like a really tiny detail? Well, at least now I know I'm still going to be alive in ten years because you probably wouldn't be even even if you do like jokes, you probably wouldn't be doing this if I, the answer I, was I, pushing I, up daisies. That's fair. You are going to be alive in ten years, Oof. and I'm going to tell you this: fanny packs, big comeback in ten years. Oh my Big god! Big comeback. I know. I'm not. I'm not excited about it either. But are you that's sure I, what's I can't, happening? Are you sure I can't avert that? Like maybe there's I, something I can do. Nah, it's locked in. I, it's locked in. It's we're all gonna be porting them. We're all gonna be porting the fanny pack. It's it. To be fair, like it only lasts for about six months. Like it's just a very. It's gonna be a rough six months. And because like you know photos how they are now, it's gonna be a lot worse. We're all gonna be reminded of the fanny pack revival okay so divest my fanny pack holdings five and a half months after they become big got yes. it yes yeah. what was it what was it like when you were growing up like when when did you realize you had these powers i don't so you probably know that this is the part where i bring things down right you probably knew that asking the question but, yeah, but i had to ask you know i yeah i know i just i I guess I, I guess I knew when I knew my parents were going to die. You know, I tried to stop them. I did this, that, and the other thing. I did a million things and nothing stopped it. So it was, it was, I don't know. It's been, it's been 20 years. So like, it does, that's not to say it gets easier, but like, I know that, Having this told me that, like, I would be okay, right? Like, I knew that, I knew that we would meet, and I knew that, you know, I would survive the breakup. I, I, it's weird to talk about a breakup on a first date. Can I'm we, sorry. We maybe not do that. I mean, That's fair. let's, let's not do that. You're, okay, you're right, you're right, right. Let's not, let's not talk about, like, us from, like, let's not, let's try to avoid talking about us from here on out. I think that'll be a good thing. Yeah, I think you're right. It was just, it was really different for me. I like, I, I mean, I, for me, it, it happened when I was 13. It was like some kind of X-Men thing. Like, I, I really wonder, I'm, I'm serious here. If whoever started writing the X-Men like had powers or knew people who had powers. Cause it's so accurate in some ways I was 13 and I was at like a high school football game with my family. And all of a sudden I could see all of the different ways that the game could go. And it was just, it was overwhelming. I had to leave and I still don't like sports. I, I still, I can't, I mean, I know that you're not into uh, professional sports, which is a good thing and that we don't go to, to games together. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like I should put that out on the table. It just, it's not an option for me. I can't even watch them on TV without getting dizzy. 
I uh, I feel terrible. I feel terrible because I know how often we're going to fight when I correct you on, like, really minor shit. But it was Stanley and Jack Kirby that created the X-Men. I, I'm sorry. I know I know <sighs> you find that annoying, and I know that it's only going to get worse. I mean, and I didn't I, say I didn't know. I was just – I was talking generally. I know. I'm just – I'm sorry. No, I know. And a lot and, of different people have created different X-Men. Sam. That's fair. I know. And I we're going to have this exact debate seven times it's sorry 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 have you ever tried not i mean i just you knew that that was going to kind of annoy me like why didn't you just not do it i guess let me put it this way if you really feel like you have a choice are you sure you want to do this yes yeah i'm i'm sure okay i think i, mean, I do have a choice and I I wouldn't miss it for the world. I I guess I envy that cuz I feel like I'm locked in. This is going to happen. And that is day 175 for me. That's where I am. All right. Uh, I think that was supposed to end with a question cuz 175 is oh, unless the question was do you really The question was do this? are you sure you want to do this? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean. Okay. Even. All right. Even if it, even if it doesn't feel like a choice to you, it feels like a choice to me. And this is a choice that I'm making and I'm, I'm really happy to make it. Then let's do it. And I think I, I think I, I extend a handshake and then pull it back. And I'm like, that was, that was weird. I <laughs> honestly, like you knew that was coming and that does not make it any less weird. It's still kind of cute though. Scene two. Yep. So uh, my card says the structure of this scene depends on the answer to the question in the previous scene about a friend that knows about your powers. Yes. Which we established that I do not. So uh, if actually one of the future cards lays that out. Okay. Uh, If not, you will be giving a short monologue. If not, you will be giving a short monologue speaking to the audience about your inner thoughts. Play out a friend or monologue a scene that addresses some questions. I th- let me see. I think the questions are different for both of us, but I'm going to see. Uh, do you want to read? Actually, go through your monologue, and then we'll see if the questions are different that way. Okay. Or I can go through mine. Would you like to go first, or should I? Uh, I'll go ahead and go. Um, since All right. it kind of comes directly out of where we were coming from. <sighs> well, that went... I, I, don't even, I don't even know how to think about these things. Do I say that went well? when I kind of knew how it would go, but I think it did when it it did go well. I mean, I can't see everything. I can't see every little detail unless I focus on it. And I choose to not focus on it because I want to live my life. God, the, the thing that worries me about Sam is it really does kind of seem like he's focused his way through all of this. And if he's living so much in the future that he's looking at fanny packs 10 years from now, is he, even experiencing what's going on right now. I just, he doesn't think he has choices and he doesn't think he can change anything, but I really wonder if that's true. I wonder if I can bring him back to now and if that would help. I mean, I know, I know from what I've seen that there are going to be bad days, but there are also going to be really, really good days, like some of the best. And at this point, All I can do is at least imagine 
that I can find the best way through this. And maybe there is a way, maybe there is a way to get to what I've seen. I, I don't know. I don't know that there are no choices. And even if he does, other people in this world think things that aren't true all the time. These other people's reality is not necessarily your reality. We can do this. The way he works, though, it is just a little bit scary. If everything he sees is true, then I really don't make choices. I really don't have choices. At least from his perspective. Yeah, that that is a little frightening. And I guess I've just got to figure out how to not let it get on top of me. So that was the answer to right. three different questions. All right. Uh, my monologue. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Why did I, uh, why did I offer the handshake? Oh, God, why, oh, with a handshake. <laughs> why did I wear a tie? Oh, I knew it was, I knew the, uh, okay. It's fine. It's fine. It went really, it went really well. We had like, we had like the talk, which went really well. I, I thought that was good. I just, oh my God. Why did I, the, the X-Men really, really? God, oh my, uh, okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I don't, I don't know. I just, it's the, the, the real shitty thing about the, about being me is that I can't, I can't stop myself because if I could stop myself, then I would not see all of the things I can't stop myself from doing. So I know that I'm going to, I know that I'm going to fuck up and I know that I'm going to fuck this up. And so I just, I hope that with whatever powers, I hope that if Dylan, I hope that if she's telling the truth and that, you know, if she, if she is, if she's being real, I hope that, I just really hope that she can find a way to deal with where we end the aftermath of all of this in a way that makes it okay for her. I, I, I I know I'm going to fuck this up. I know that it's going to end badly. I just really hope that she, in her infinite wisdom or whatever weird thing she has going on, can find a way to be okay after that. I, I, I really do value what we have and what we will have. And I hope that I can, I hope that I do want her to be happy. And I think that's what I hope more than anything is that after I fuck this up, that she is happy and she finds a way in her weirdness to be happy. That seems like a horrible thing to hope for. That seems real. That seems like a, you sh I could probably hope for more, but I know how this is going to play out. So I, I guess hope is not, it's not for me. It'll be fine. The, the tie, I don't wear it. Throw out the tie though. It's, it's, it's fine. And that's my monologue. <laughs> oh, Jeff, I feel for you so much right now. Oh, I really like this game so much. <laughs> All right. Scene three. Day 168. Day 168. We are in your apartment after our second date. We've just had sex for the first time. Images of tonight have been flashing in my head since puberty, making me blush at awkward times. <laughs> Hmm. My version says uh, the same thing, but it also says it was somehow even better than any of the scenarios you foresaw. 
In this moment, you feel closer to Sam than you have with anyone. You concentrate, trying to see a future in which this lasts. (sighs) I feel safe with Dylan in a way that I never have before. Sam, is this... Is this as good as it gets? Do you have do you have better days than this? No, no, don't don't tell me that. Tell me this. What what does a perfect day look like to you? A perfect day to me is I I sleep first things first. I we sleep until we wake up, right? We sleep we sleep until until we 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 have no responsibilities. We sleep until we wake up. When you say we, you mean you and me? Yeah. Wow. We sleep until we wake up. We have friends coming over. We all get together. We play games. We drink. We all go out to dinner together, right? Like it's a whole thing. Friends leave. We go out for drinks. We come back. We watch TV. We bang. And we fall asleep. <laughs> it pretty much is the perfect day, right? Like you spend time with friends. We play games. We, we you know, we 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 eat. I, I picture. I think you know that Chinese buffet, the one that's not too expensive, but like it's expensive enough that you know, like it's like the nice Chinese buffet. Yeah, the the there. one with the the really good uh, pork fried rice thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, I fucking love that pork fried rice. Yes, that one. It's we that. need to go there as soon as possible because we you know do. it's going to close. We the, yes, we should probably go there. We we're going to go there in a week and a half. It's it, it's going to be so good. I promise. It's going to be. I'm sorry. I'm doing the thing. I, I shouldn't do <laughs> the thing. Fine. Oh, but um, now I'm just excited. Now I'm excited for the pork fried rice. It's I'm getting off topic. That. You know, games and 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 being together, and it just—it's the perfect day. Like that's the perfect day. That sounds amazing, as long as you don't ever actually use the word "bang." That's fair. That's fair. So, there's a future where I ask you right now if you're just describing one specific day, like one really specific day that's like the best day and then it's downhill after that and this isn't that future i'm not going to ask you that i don't want to know i'm just going to imagine that there are a lot of days like that coming up okay that's fine um i guess should should we is is it now like i mean you don't we could make it be now don't make me don't make me don't make this drawn out. You know it's coming. Come, come, come on. Just say, say the word. Say it back, so I don't have to start with it. Because you know I'm gonna say it. To, it's a whole. Uh, no, 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 no. She's just grinning. I am. I'm. I'm trying not to live in the then. I'm trying to live in the now, which is why you're in my perfect day, even though. We'll get there. I am living in the now. And how I feel now. This is too much build up. I'm sorry. No, this is. I love you. I said it. I said it. I love you too. Well, that was easy. It was was easy. easy. It was easy. You don't, you don't need to complicate everything. You don't (sighs) need to sweat it so much. You can just. 
You can just say it. You can just do it. It's okay. I know. I know. I know. But it is complicated, though. And it's it's already been complicated, and it's been complicated every day since I was nine, and I, it's always going to be... I am always going to make it complicated, and I, I just have to... That feels like something you should snap your fingers for, because that feels like a prediction. I am always going to make it complicated, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying, though. I'm trying real hard. I know. Maybe that's the problem. Sam, everybody, everybody who isn't like us, everybody normal can see into the past. They can remember all the things they've done. And if you spend all your time thinking about the past... You just, it hurts, you know, there's so many mistakes that people make, but you don't have to think about it all the time. You can just let yourself walk away from it. Can you just do that with the future? Just a little? Um, I, I can try. I'm going to, I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a real shot. Okay. Well, I'm going to mess it up. Hopefully, but I'm going to try. Hopefully you're not going to mess it up like right in this moment because you probably already know what happens next. Come here. Uh, yeah, we're getting there. Come here. All right. <laughs> and that is that is scene. Scene four. Scene four. The last weeks with Dylan have been some of our best. We've managed to avoid talking about the future and simply existed with each other in the present. Pretty much exactly what my card says. All right have a short friend slash monologue scene that addresses these questions. Boy, this would be a really different game if I'd, uh, if I'd laid out some friend that I trusted you know, with this and you were actually, also playing that, that character. The last time I played, I had a friend and it actually did play out very, very differently. Hmm. All right. So have a short friend slash monologue scene that addresses a couple of questions. Um, so she is sitting in the window box of her apartment, just, you know, sitting in the window, um, petting her cat and staring out the window and talking to the cat, which she does uh, in order to pretend that she's not talking to herself. And she says, I really wish he could see what I say. I, I wish he could see the, the branches. It's sometimes it's almost like getting to live a dozen different lives. I mean, even if there's there's pain and frustration in not getting to experience things and have things be surprises like other people do, it's worth it because I can see all of these different futures. I can see the future where we go to the zoo and we have a terrific day, but I can also experience the future where we go to the park and have a terrific day or where we just stay in and make love all day or, you know, bang, whatever. And they're all good. None of them really lead to more or less catastrophe. None of them, none of them are horrible, but I get to experience all of them. I just, I wish he could have that instead of constantly experiencing what he sees as fucking himself up. Some of the things I see aren't great. Some of them, there's a lot of fighting and, I feel bad about the fighting because I feel like it's entirely my fault. Like he doesn't see any option except having these fights, but I do. And I, 
maybe this is how I understand how things are for him because it's so hard to steer away from them because they involve things that have to be said. But it's still worth it. It's worth it for all of the options. It's worth it for the moments where we get to be together. And it's worth it because sometimes I get to think I'm making a difference. Maybe, maybe when this is all over, he's a little less in his own head and he's blaming himself a little less for what happens. But I'm going to have to steer really carefully to get to that one because there aren't a lot of places where it happens. I think actually, as you are talking to the cat, kind of like, like silently talking where it's mostly in your head. Sam is on the couch, like flipping through channels and he kind of just pictures himself pacing behind himself, just like smashing up the apartment, throwing <laughs> things around, just having a meltdown as he simultaneously just like golf. No, AMC. No, I'm not really in a breaking bad mood. I can't believe I can't believe like I have one track, right? I have one thing I can do. And she can do them. She can go in a million directions, and yet somehow she remains. It does not seem to weigh her down even remotely. She just carries herself effortlessly, and it's it's fucking amazing. And I wish I could do that. And I I, I I've been trying so hard, and I know that I, I know that I've, I've I've slipped up, but I'm trying, and I'm trying for her because she brings that out of me, and it's. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing is that it does not seem to weigh her down. It's the thing that I wish I could be. And, and I, I'm trying. And, and the crazy thing, the really weird thing is that perfect day was not even the best date that we had. The best date that we had was I didn't even want to go to the museum. I'm not a museums guy because by the time we by the time we agreed to it. I've already, I see, I've, I've, you know, I, I've gone through all of the museums I will go through in my lifetime. Like I'm not a museums <laughs> guy, but we went. And for that day, like I didn't even think about the future once, despite the fact that I knew we were going to go. I knew the order of the exhibits we were going to go. I knew the exhibits that we're not going to be able to see it. I knew that we were going to have that little tiny fight that we had because we were both disappointed and we didn't quite know how to put it into words. And I knew that we weren't going to know how to put it into words, but I just let it happen. I let it happen. And it was the best date we ever had. And we had a fight. Like I can't, it's amazing. It just, she knew we were going to have a fight. She knew if we went to the muse in, in her work, like I guess putting it in her logic, she knew if we went to the museum that day, when that exhibit was closed, we would have that little fight over dinner and we would feel weird because it was in public. And yet she did it anyway because she said, hey, I want to go to the museum and it will be fun. And she said, I, but it will also be fun. That's incredible. Like, I, it is incomprehensible to, to me that somebody could see all of that and make that decision and be unweighed by the consequence of it all. And it fucking rules. Hey, did you want to watch a Simpsons rerun? No. All right. No. I'm going to see what's on Netflix. If we do that, yeah, that's that's not great. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm going to see what's on Netflix. Oh, they just uploaded this new movie. You're going to like it. Oh, cool. Thank you. 
Scene five. Scene five. You're in Sam's apartment after a tense dinner. In some timelines, you thought you could avoid this night, but lately it's been harder to see any futures other than the ones Sam predicts. I know that tonight will be the worst fight we ever have. I have been regretting the the things that we will say to each other for months. Spending time with Sam is starting to feel dangerous, with all your branching pathways collapsing into one dark tunnel. The only thing you see clearly is that tonight will be the worst fight you will ever have. Is that 65? Uh, That was 65. All right. Oh, nope. Sorry. That was 64. 64. I have 61 now. I also have six. I I am on 64 right now. She thinks I don't try, that I'm pathetic, that I've willed myself into helplessness. But I know that I would stop so much. I would stop this right now if I could. Must be a rough couple weeks from where we were to where that is. This is a really interesting game. Like, I mean, when you play characters that other people design, you have Mm -hmm. a lot of your choices made for you. Mm -hmm. But here you have narrative choices. Like, it really brings home the inevitability of the precognition thing, which is really hard to do in role-playing games. I'm really impressed with this. It's super cool. All right. (sighs) All right. Memories of the cruel things you'll say to each other snap into place. And then I have a prompt for you. Okay. So we're at your place. Um after dinner and Mm -hmm. she she's eaten like three bites of dinner and she just keeps like poking at there's like a uh a breaded chicken and some asparagus on her plate and she just keeps poking holes in them like she's trying to figure out like where she can poke a hole in order to like puncture the tension and then finally she looks up and says there's no way out of it there's no way out of this conversation. I, if yes. I storm out, we just have it on the phone later. Yep. If I stay here and I don't say anything, then you just start in and I feel like I feel even worse. I don't know what to do. I, do I, I, know, just, I, I mean, I know what you're going to do. You're so smug about it. When you say something like that, you're I don't so, mean it. why do you have to be so smug about it? I don't mean it in a smug way. I'm just saying, like, I feel like you're coming at me and I'm just kind of responding like, hey, you know, you're you're, you're saying like I could do this, that and the other thing. And I'm like, well, you're going to do this. So just do it. Don't do that. Like, it's your responsibility to the things that you say are still your responsibility. Even if they seem inevitable to you, you're still saying them. You're not a puppet, Sam. I... It feels a lot like I am. I'll be honest. It really, you know, like, it's not, we don't see things the same way. Like, I don't have branching pathways. I have one thing that is going to happen and one outcome. And I can't, I've tried to ignore it. And I tried to change it. I've tried so hard to change it. Have you, I mean, are you, are you even trying to change things anymore? Or have you just resigned yourself to fate? You, you always sound so fatalistic about these things. It's like, oh, this is just going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're making it happen. It is. I, I try. Of, of, okay. One, I've tried real hard to make a lot of things not happen. And you know that. And that's a little hurtful that you would even say that knowing the things that I have tried to make not happen. Two. Yes, of course. If you think for a heartbeat, you think for one second that if I could change any of it, I would like. You know, like, uh, of course I want, I don't want to, I don't want for the Chinese restaurant to close down tomorrow. 
I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to end up. Uh, no, no, I don't want, I don't want to be in that traffic jam. I don't want to, I don't want to realize I left my wallet at home. I don't want to have that. Div I don't want to break up with you in the car. Do you think I want any of those things to happen? Do you think that I want you to get out and get out of on the on, on the high like on a highway exit and walk to a taxi cab? Stop telling me what's going to happen. Stop telling me what you think is going to happen. I don't. It's not what I think I is going to happen. You think you're you're a puppet. I don't want to be a puppet too. I don't want to have to do these things because you think that we have to do these things. I make choices, okay? I I make choices, and I think you make choices too. And I can't be the only one responsible for for making these choices. You say you're trying so hard. If you say you're trying so hard, why does it always narrow down to this? Why does it always come back to this? Because it's always going to come. Like it has always been. It is, you know. It's I I at a certain point. You, you you just accept, you gotta just lead into it. I've it's been twenty years of trying and failing and seeing the things that I put the energy into and say I don't want that to happen. That's horrible. So and I try and I put it in and the horrible thing happens exactly exactly when I think it's going to happen. And so like yes, there are days when I just say all right. The horrible thing is going to happen and I can't stop it. So I'm just going to let it happen. But the last, I don't know, a hundred some days, I've been trying real hard because I know what's going to happen in 57 days and I don't want it to happen. She just bursts into tears. Why do you keep trying to put this relationship on a deadline? Why is it always about the days with you? Why can't? I can't you participate in this. I I'm sorry. I'm you're sorry. You're not the only one who's trying. I'm trying know. so hard to keep this from happening. I'm trying so hard to keep us in the good and place. You're, and you're way better at it than I am, and that makes me feel awful because I don't have I, I don't know. I don't I wish that I could be you. I wish that I could see things a million ways. And I just don't. And that makes me feel so terrible because I so want this to work. And it just, poof, doesn't. I I want to be me again, too. I It's like I'm not me anymore when I'm with you. I'm you. And I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this pathway that, that where choices stop happening. I it, It's like it's because of you. No matter what it is that you're trying, it's like it's because of you. You're turning me into you. I don't want to be you. And she gets up and storms out. And he just sits there dead silent. Like the can there were like there were there were candles. This was like Oh he tried to like he tried to set the apartment so that it wouldn't happen. Like I think there's a lot of evidence around the apartment that like whether or not either of them recognize it, he did try like super hard to make this a night where this didn't happen. And it's I just like the candles burn out. I'm so angry at these cards. I'm so sad for these two. I feel like we're trying to play Starcrossed and we just like knocked the tower over, over while we were setting it up. I wish it didn't have to go that way. It didn't have to go that way. I wish it didn't have to go that way. It didn't have to go that way. I wish it didn't have to go that way. It didn't have to go that way. 
Take turns monologuing, saying the things you wish you had said during the fight. Oof. All right, you, you start on this one. If it kills me, I am not going to let 57 days from now happen. Every every fiber of my being says that the things that are coming are coming, and God help me, powers help me, I damn my powers, I am going to tear this, I'm going to tear this world and my brain down if I can't stop this from happening, because you're worth it. Because this this is worth it. I want to, I want nothing more than to be here in this space forever. And I am going, and, and, and in my heart, even though there's a part of my brain that says, I, I know what's coming, I, fuck that part of my brain. I think a lot of stupid shit. Go ahead. This really is all my fault. I really knew I could do something different, and I didn't. And I'm always telling him, to make choices. I'm always telling him he can make his own future. And then am I modeling it for him? No, I should have told him that we can get through it. I should have told him that I love him because it's true. I should have told him maybe we can find a way to not live in the future. He sees maybe we can live in the past that we both have, that we both remember. Like, why can't it be like it was that first, that first time I should be trying to remind him of what we've accomplished together, getting this far instead of blaming him. I, I knew it would hurt him and I said it because I knew it would hurt him. And that makes it, that makes what I do worse than what he does. Why couldn't I just tell him that? I, I just wish I don't know. I I guess I was doing really well for a while and I wish that I could have I wish I could have I didn't have to focus on the breakup. I I didn't have to go there. I did that I did a hurtful thing because I knew it would be hurtful and that makes me a bad person. Like I didn't, I should have just said, hey, look, I did a lot of, hey, look, oh, look at all these things I did. My brain is telling me we're going to fight tonight, but I made a nice dinner and I did candles and I I did all these things. And I could have just said that. I could have just focused on the nice things that I did to show that I am trying to change. And instead it went, my brain went right back to, hey, you know, there's a timer on this. And hey, why don't I rub this? Why don't I rub this in your face? And I, I should have just not, I could, I could have just. I should have, I could have, I couldn't, but I should have just done that and said, look, there are candles, there is dinner, I am trying, I know where we're going, and I tried, and I didn't, and fuck. I should have said, I'm scared, and I should have said, I know you're scared, and I know why you're scared, and it's not your fault that you're scared. I should have said we can both be scared together and then maybe we could find a way to get through it through being scared and, and through whatever, whatever the next step is. I should have told him how I was feeling instead of 
blaming him for how I was feeling. Why didn't I see that at the time? That's, that's, that's my job in this is to see what I should do instead of just charging forward. I just, I just wish I'd told him how scared I was. I've been saying since before we met that the thing that I, I, I admire about her is that I want to be like her and, and I, I could have been like her tonight and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the person that is unmoored by, by the, our powers. And I, I really just wish that I had told her that I respect her and I like her and I admire her and I want to be like her. And I didn't, I didn't say any of those things. And I wish that I had, because maybe if I had, things would have played differently. Why did I folk? What? Like I could have, there's so many things. I don't know. I just wish that I had somehow, somehow just, she shouldn't have to be the person making the choices. I can make choices. Wow, I can make choices. I Why didn't I say the words, I can make choices? I have never thought to myself that I can make choices because part of me knows I can't. But like, if I can subconsciously, if I can unwittingly say I can make choices, why can't I just say that to her? That would have ended the fight. Ugh, I need a drink or a nap or a candy bar or something. I should have just taken him to bed. I should have just made a joke. I should have... I should have just done anything but what I did. I know he's suffering. And I know how much it hurts. Because I can see all of the different ways it hurts him. And yet I just keep on hurting him. Do I have to come out and decide that we're really not good for each other? Do I have to be the one to make that choice? I don't want to be the one to make that choice. I don't want to be the one who says it's over. And I don't want to be the one who says, I understand why it has to be over when he says it. I, I don't want to say any of those things. I just, I just want to say, kiss me. I just want to say, let's just be together. Why can't I say those things? Why can't I say the things that matter? I think that's all that I have to say. Me too. All right. Scene seven. Things have been better since the fight, slowly building up to today. Scene seven. Things have been better since the fight, slowly building up to today. In all the timelines you've seen, you've known that today would be special. Your best day with Sam. Things have been better since the fight, building up to today, which I know will be the single best day of my life. Today will radiate through the next week, and for now, neither of us will be able to do anything wrong. <laughs> You've planned for Sam that perfect day, the one they told you about four months ago in your apartment, down to the last detail. Take turns describing your day together. So I think one of the things that happens is that uh, Dylan, you know, we're, we're in bed and part of what you specified was like, we sleep as long as we want to, we have no responsibilities. I think she actually wakes up early, kind of a little tense about, okay, mm -hmm. the, like the details have to be perfect. Um, and then she just like lies there in bed, staring up at the ceiling, sort of anxiously going through options. Like, 
I'm awake. Should I get up? If will I wake him up? If I get up, will that spoil his enjoyment of this? So already, like, even though everything is going to be perfect, she's possibly overthinking it just a little bit. And I think as you're overthinking it, like you're kind of sitting there and you just hear from the bed, you can just come back to bed. Like it'll be fine. Or you're up. You know what? We're both up. Let's just be up now. And we both like, and he's up. He's also up early and kind of just sits up. He's like, I actually feel, I actually feel great. I didn't sleep that much, but I slept real deep. So I feel honestly awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 This is going to work out. I'm so, I am really happy. This is going to be great. You feeling breakfast down at the diner or? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to the diner. Cause oh, they're, oh no, we definitely have to go today. Cause they have, oh, they're going to have, uh, yes, we got to go to the diner. Oh. I'm not going to say anything. All right. I'm not gonna say anything. I probably don't want to know. As long as there aren't going to be rats in my breakfast, I'm good. No rats. No rats. Not today. Let's go. And we go and they have, uh, they have like a special breakfast, which is like too much food for not enough money. <laughs> and it's like, like a special, like mid, like short promotion of like four meats, three pancakes, $8. And it's like, well, there's no way that I'm going to not order that. Cause I, that's just, that sounds awful. That sounds like a regrettable decision. I will have that. Yeah. Normally I think I would order something like yogurt and then, try to steal some of your bacon and possibly some of your sausage. But for $8, I think I'm going to eat my own bacon and sausage. It's so cheap though. It's so cheap and so much food. Oh my gosh. And they cook the bacon really, really well here. Oh, they do. They very much do. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. And like, oh yeah, the food is just fantastic. It's not, none of it's great, but it's so much food for so little money that it becomes great. Like, you're just like, man, I could not have gotten a better meal for $8 anywhere in the city. I think after uh, after breakfast, she kind of sits there for a moment, kind of doing this little, like, almost, like, REM sleep thing with her eyes that, at this point, Sam mm-hmm. knows is her just sort of running through possibilities. Yep. And then she kind of grins and just, like, tosses back the rest of her orange juice and says, okay, we got to go right now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm in. Let's go. Where are we going? Uh, we're going and she like, she kind of stops on the sidewalk and looks back and forth uh, as almost as though she's trying to figure out which way to go and then kind of grabs your sleeve and tugs you in the direction away from your apartment. Um, mm-hmm. And then like almost runs uh, for about four blocks. And it's, there's something just really joyous about it. It's not like we've got to hurry or we won't make it. It's like, she's just so excited to get to where she's going. Um, and pulls you to like a little park. Um, one of those kind of like little wedge parks, uh, in between the corner of a couple of different streets, um, where there are, uh, a bunch of people busking and it looks like it's just, uh, maybe a bunch of students from the university, the local mm-hmm. university that have just kind of like whomped out this, like, let's go play for fun and put a hat out. And it's kind of turned into one of those like little spontaneous scenes where it's like a beautiful summer day. People are dancing. Uh, there's this one little dog that's like, really excited by the general feel of everything. And so it's just kind of like jumping around and being Mm -hmm. adorable. There's like a couple of babies who are super, super into it. 
And it's just one of those like spontaneous total strangers coming together uh, mm-hmm. kind of scenes. And she just like grabs Sam by the hand and, and pulls him in and starts dancing. And he's dancing and he just leans in. And he's like, you know, what's amazing. Do you know what's really like beyond incredible? What? This is better than I knew it would be like this. Like this is beyond what I, like I knew this was going to be cool and good and the best. And it's even better. Like there's something, there's something, there's really something to just, you're right. Honestly, I guess is the only real way I can say it. There's something to just experiencing something and not overthinking it, even though I'm overthinking it right now. And I know that, and I know you're about to point it out to me. Yeah, but not like you think she like, she's just grinning and she throws her arms around his neck and like presses her forehead, to his forehead and whispers, look at them. They're like us. They know what they're playing. They know where this song is going to go, but they're putting themselves into every minute of it and everything they play, even though they already know the notes, they're just making it better every moment that they experience it. It's like I've never heard music. Like I've never thought of it like that. Even forget it. I've never thought of it like that. And it's God, it's music is awesome. <laughs> music is awesome. Dancing is also awesome. You're so cute when you dance. I'm real bad at it, is the thing. <laughs> yeah, but. You so I think I think you just concentrate on not being bad at it so much that you forget to kind of foresee how it's going to look. Just just dance with me. And we dance for like a long time and it starts to get dark and there are fireworks and we're just tired and sweaty and we're like so where are we going for dinner? Like I mean <laughs> what's the what's the plan? Like where are we going? I mean, I know, but we were going to invite we... people over for games. Wasn't that part of it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's. And we're doing it tonight because tonight's the one night that everybody's plans fell through at once. Yes. Like yes, normally that is... you call everybody up on a Saturday night and they're like, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm busy or I had a bunch of plans, but I'm not feeling it. So I'm just staying in. But tonight's the night. Everybody's going to be available. Night. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, oh man, I'm so excited. I, all right. I'm going to start calling people. Uh, and this is going to be great. And I think, I think we have the best, like the most ridiculous on point game of Dungeons and Dragons that we've ever played. (laughs) We're all just in character, but we're not taking it too seriously. And it just like flows seamlessly. Like, you know, it. I've I, uh, I prepared the exact right amount because I knew the exact right amount to prepare. But like, I'm like, I'm I'm enjoying it in a way that I think I found D and D stressful a lot because like I knew how it was going to play out. But like, I enjoy it tonight in a way that I haven't really. I'm before. pretty sure that Sam has to DM, like mm-hmm. always has to DM because he gets kind of bored playing because he knows yeah. everything that's going to come. It's like puzzle encounter the answer is 42 uh surprise round yeah i knew the ninjas were coming i want to go ahead and roll perception like yeah he he always sees it coming but as a dm knowing the choices that his players are going to make is actually helpful for him creating a like a cool immersive Mm -hmm. thing so we love him as a dm and it just and it just clicks tonight right like everybody is just 
into it. And there's, I think there's a moment late in the game where a character does something and I start to reply and I'm like, no, that's no, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I stumble for almost half a second and you're like, wait a second. Uh, Never mind. (laughs) Yeah. She, Dylan definitely gives him a wait. Like, did he just, did he just make a choice? Did he just change something? She just looks super excited and doesn't ask about it because that might sort of spoil that moment of, of hope and joy. And I think that the night ends and we're sitting on the couch and Dylan or and Sam just looks over and he's like, I think I'm too tired tonight. I'm going to be honest. Like we've had a really great day so far. I just think I'm too tired. Yeah, I think you think that right now. I think I think we got up really early and you weren't very rested. And I think you're going to probably need a little nap. But uh I'll see you at 2 a.m. Hell yeah. Yeah. When we both wake up at the same time. Yep, we do. And it's perfect. And lastly, I think the last thing before we go into our next scene is I want to do something for you to to thank you for all of this. I want to do something for you. I think what I do is I take the, the next day I go to an ATM. I get out like a hundred bucks. Like I get out spending money for like a week and I stash it in my pocket and I look at my wallet and I walk to my car and I stash it right in that center console. I just tuck it in there and I'm like, I'm not touching it. It's going to be in there. Staying in there. No matter what happens. So and I don't say anything about it but I I insist that that wallet is going to be in that car. So maybe because you didn't say anything about it and because she's trying not to spend too much time kind of like focusing on the future um, because it just, it makes her anxious and tense and then she's mean about it. Um, Like when you come back from the car, she's, just sort of sitting on the couch kind of like with a, a throw pillow in her lap, just kind of worrying at it. Mm-hmm. And like the second he walks in the door, she just looks up at him and says, what if we just, what if we refuse? What if we just, what if we just tried? What if we just refuse to break up and see what happens? Does, does this really have to end? Can we just make it not end? I. It's worth a shot. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think there's any other way, but, and I really want to emphasize this, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. That's all I want. That's all I want for us is a shot. It's more than nothing. Scene eight. This is it. Our final day together begins exactly as we predicted. (laughs) Describe the scene. In public, private, the weather is like... We're in the car. We're on the highway. We're on the turnpike. It's a toll road. We're in the worst traffic jam. And and the worst part is it's the kind of traffic jam where you're like... 
a quarter mile from your exit. Mm. Like you see where you're getting off and you're just like, oh, it's going to be an hour. We're in a parking lot. This is it's We could get out and walk, but like it's it's that real ugly, it's that real ugly, sticky, sweaty, hot rain. And it's just unpleasant. So like the windows are up and the air is blowing, but you're getting that little bit of condensation on the window. And you're like, this fucking sucks. She is uh, trying so hard not to start the fight that she's like actually rocking back and forth slightly in her seat. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's making the seat just like squeak rhythmically and it's annoying as hell. And oh, and I'm so irritated. I am so specifically irritated at that noise. And she doesn't seem to hear it. Like she doesn't seem to realize that it's annoying you. Like she's staring hard out the front window with just this completely blank, blank expression. Like she's just trying to say, Nope, this isn't it. This isn't the moment. We're not doing this. Like, and she actually is like biting her lower lip, seemingly in an attempt to just not say anything. And I think he's gripping the wheel and he just lets out like, I just, I can't turn up the heat because it's gross out. But like, I, I hate this little tiny bit of condensation, this little bit of water. It drives me up a wall because I'm like, and like, I know that I'm not going to see anything right there, but oh, I hate it. And I got to turn the wipers on. It. Oh, and it's just leave it. Just, I can't. I can't. You can. You I can make a choice. I, make a oh, choice. You're really. Uh, it was you. I'm just saying it was you that I, said it this time. I was. I was not talking about this. I was talking about the windshield wipers. You're gonna make it. You're gonna make this happen. You're determined to make this happen. I am so not determined to make this happen. You. I. You were the one that brought it up. I was talking about windshield wipers. You knew you weren't talking about windshield wipers. You knew, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing right now and you're doing it anyway. I'm doing it anyway. You're making, no, you're not making me do anything. We're not doing this. We're not doing We're not, we're not no, doing we're this. Not doing we're this. not doing this. We're it's not, not going to happen. We're in control. We're in control of this. It's going to be, we're going to get to the goddamn exit and it's going to be fine. We're gonna, it's going to be great. We're going to get, we're going to get home and yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be so great. And it's, we're going to get home and it's going to be good. And we're not going to fight. Cause I'm not, cause I'm not, I'm not going to listen to that voice in the back of my head that says what's about to happen has always been right before. Cause I am making choices now. They don't always come true, but I'm making choices. And that's part of the fun of making choices is when you make a choice and your brain power says otherwise. You left your wallet at home, didn't you? I didn't. It's in the, it's in the console. She wait. She looks and and reaches down and and takes it and it is actually there, um, and she just like very slowly holds it up and looks at you. I put it there. I put it there. I made the choice because I it was important. But I mean, it doesn't change anything. My brain still no, says no, that we're gonna no, have the argument. No. no, you did it. She just she like leans over and hugs you. Like still with the wallet in one hand, still with the the seatbelt attached, so it's like this super ah, awkward ah, one ah. arm kind of hug. It's so it's so constricting, and it's <laughs> oh, and we're I'm holding the brake, so like it's 
it's like holding us back. It's real awkward. Uh, but, but you, you did it. This is, this isn't in, in what you said was going to happen. This isn't in your prediction. This is, this is something new. You did something new. You but made it, something new happen. But it didn't change. Like, we're still going to have the fight and it's still going to, right? Right? We're not, we're not doing it right now. We're not. We're not having the fight. What does that mean, to not be having the fight? That means that we... You. You did it. You changed something. And that changed everything. But I, 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 but my brain still says that all of the things are going to happen. Mine doesn't. Mine, mine doesn't. When I, oh, this is weird. When I, when I look at you, I only see the one choice. And I still see it happening. But when I look at the wallet, it's completely different. What's it, what's, what's the wallet say? Because I know what my brain is saying. It's probably the same thing your brain is saying. So what's the wallet saying? It says that there are options again. It says... All right. I see you making choices. I'm just... I'm sorry. I'm trying to process this all at once because all of a the sudden, there are different paths that weren't there. And... I mean, it happens all the time, but this is the first time I've seen different paths out of this. Okay, but I guess then I, I guess what I'd ask is like, but it ends though, right? Like it, like we're still like you, like you, I know, like you still see the end of the night going how it goes, right? Like it's still there. We're still going to have this fight, right? Right? Why does that not sound definite Sam. anymore? Just pull over. Just, just pull over. We pull over to the shoulder. Just, just pretend for a minute that I don't know that the the engine's overheating or that one of the tires blew or something. Sure, get, sure, sure. Get yeah, us yeah, out yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, I'm gonna pull over. I'm gonna pull over. I'm gonna pull over here because it's walking distance to the exit. Because I know that you're going to get. I, I know that this isn't going. Okay. I, I don't know why. No. I just, no, no, why no, no, no. That's. I'm pulling over. That's pulling not over. why you're I'm doing pulling it. Over. That's not why you're doing it. I pulled over. I know. And the exit's there. So when you get out, it's not as far. It's. I, I, this is a nice thing I'm doing for you. I'm not getting out. You have to. It's what it says. It's what. We, at the moment we had the thing. What happens if you don't get out? Whatever we want to happen happens if I don't get out. Because, okay, I'm, I'm still sorting through different things here. Like we can, we can start getting upset again, or I can get out of the car to test it. No, that's bad. Because then you really get freaked out. I can just stay here. If we just stay here. In like three minutes, this all loosens back up and the traffic starts moving again and, and we can just get off. But I don't, I don't see that. I know, but I do. I, I think this is the first time your vision and my vision have ever really contradicted each other. I don't, 
I will, I'm, I'm going to sit in this car, but I'm going to sit in this car, and in three minutes when it doesn't happen, you're going to get out, and you're, you're going to have, like, a meltdown. You're going to get out. We're going to break up. It's still going to happen. I don't think it is. I think... I think it is. I think it's okay to just experience what happens instead of worrying about what you see. Can you, can you do that? Can you just breathe? I'm going to try. Just, just, I'm going to try. I'm going to put on some music. Breathe. I'm going to put on some music and three minutes, almost two and a half minutes, almost on the dot cars start moving and the road clears up and I'm sitting there holding the wheel, just shaking like and she's like sitting there at ledge. She looks like completely serene. And she says, it's going to be okay. And it's not because of anything I did. It's, it's because of something that you did. You, but what happens now? Well, now you pull back into traffic and we get off at our exit and we go get ice cream Ice cream. And we're both pretty calm about it. And yeah. that is three predictions, so I'm moving on to the next card. Alright. I I but the fight you were supposed to get out of the car and walk off the exit. But now I'm gonna I'm gonna hit my signal and I'm gonna take the car to the exit. And then, ice cream. yeah, we go get ice cream, and it's just chill and cool, and we don't even comment on the chill pun. It's just there, and it's... Oh my god, I'm gonna wash this horrible condensation sweat off my face, and I'm gonna have a big oh glass god. of ice water, and there's gonna be this really cute little girl just, like, staring at us at the ice cream place, and, like kicking her legs back and forth and staring at us and we're just gonna be laughing like we're just gonna be like weirdly laughing oh my god let's get ice cream let's let's totally get ice cream work out work together to describe a short epilogue and I think <sighs> I think I think that Sam still sees, like, I think that the trajectory changes, but Sam, Sam still only sees one, like, outcome for things. But he knows that there, that it's not definite. It's just what his brain has predicted as the thing. And he stops worrying about that so much. Dylan goes to this just kind of, like, super zen place where she doesn't necessarily want to spend a bunch of time thinking about the options and steering through the options and talking him through the options. She kind of feels like, like you steered us out of that skid and you need to be the one to kind of keep us on the road. Whatever it is that you're seeing now, like whether you're still seeing us breaking up like a week from now, I think up until now, I, I haven't wanted to hear it. I, I haven't wanted to know because I just, I was in denial and it meant 
there was a lot of stuff that we couldn't talk about. But now I kind of want to hear it because now I can see ways for us to work together on some of these things. And yeah, it'll be more like a relationship we're having together instead of a relationship we're trying to fight. So we're having them having it apart. Yeah. And I think that like, I think that I get, I get to be the person that, that like takes the wheel sometimes in a way that like I couldn't before because you know, in my taking the wheel meant that I was leaning into the worst possible outcome. But yeah, I can be, I can say things like, Hey, we're going to have like, I'm seeing a real bad fight in like a week. So if there's something between now and then that bothers you, like talk to me because this fight, it gets real ugly. So let's talk now so that in a week we don't, this doesn't happen. I imagine with that, there's for her, there's a little bit of, okay, can you, can you tell me what that's about? And then or, or like where it starts. And if it starts somewhere innocuous, like, uh, you know, you, one of us hasn't been doing the dishes. She's, she can be like, oh yeah, that was, that was kind of annoying me. Wait, not talking about that blows up. Actually, I can see that if I sit on it for a whole week, because I'm afraid of what it's going to, what it's going to turn into. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just like work through that net. Like, okay, so I will here. And then, so we kind of like talk through things in this way that is like, Hey, this is going to be real bad. Let's talk through it now. And it kind of turns into like healthy communication (laughs) of like, we talk about things as soon as they bother us be partially because we have this ability to be like, Oh, this is going to blow up. This is going to blow up here about like, and there are times where I'll be like, uh, we're going to have a giant fight in a week about uh, which sushi restaurant we want to go to. I don't know if that's going to be related to another thing. And then we kind of have to work out like, oh, it's because I have made a bunch of choices about which restaurants we're going to now. Like, OK, that's my bad. I, I can. And I think we, we talk. I think we're OK. I think we talk through things in a healthy way. I think there ends up being like more and more laughing about the things that we might have fought about just, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, instead of holding on to little tensions until they build up and get nastier and nastier. It's like, are you serious? We're going to fight about sushi restaurants. I, I don't even know. I I could not even, I did not think I felt that strongly about sushi. (laughs) Pick a sushi restaurant. I don't care. All right. That's fine. I will. You know what? Actually, maybe we just get Thai. How's that? That sounds great. Ty sounds fantastic. I think she also throws more choices at him um, and spends like less time obviously sort of fussing through like, which is the, which is the optimal choice here, which is the perfect choice. Mm -hmm. And she spends less time kind of worrying about the responsibility of where the, the choice that comes from that choice that comes from that choice leads. And it's mm-hmm. more like, no, just, just pick a restaurant and I'll go with whatever, or uh, you, you decide what we're going to do today. Um, instead of kind of trying to micromanage each situation. Yeah. I, I, and I think that that feels like a good note to end on, right? Like we talk through things and we, we both are kind of in the other person's shoes a little bit. And we grow from that because, you know, you're, you're leaning into things and saying what will happen. And I'm saying, I'm going, we're going to choose things and talk through things. And I think it, I think it works out. Okay. I think she waits probably another month or so before she says, 
Do you see us having a future together? Right now? Yeah. I, I do. Wow. I've never seen that before. All right. I'm, I'm not going to ask for details. I, I trust you to let me know when there are things we need to, to decide about. But Yeah, I will, but this is the first time I've really thought about it. I have I, I haven't thought about it recently. But yeah. I see us together for a really long time. It's really exciting. And that's yep. game. Uh, so uh the game suggests that we talk for a minute and say how are we feeling? Does anything bother you? Anything bring you joy? Do you want to talk about talk through things? So how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I uh I like how intense it got. I like Mm -hmm. uh, that we both kind of worked to find ways to blame each other when we were fighting and blame ourselves when we weren't, Mm -hmm. which feels like a really real dynamic to me. Yeah, uh, that was that got there were definitely parts of it that hit close to home in terms of like beating myself up about things. But uh, I think it went really well. I thought it was really it played out really nicely. I love I love this game a whole lot and I love the way that it plays out and I'm really I'm really happy with the story that we told. It was interesting. It was interesting because I'd played it once before. Mm-hmm. So like there were things that I knew were coming and that added that added to that sense of inevitability. That was really interesting. And you played when you played previously, you were Dylan. Is that right? Uh, I was actually also Sam. That oh, time. So gotcha. there are cards that there are cards of Dylan's that I'm not I still don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, someday you've got to you've got to play this one because uh, I'm sure it's a different experience. But I, I think it is. It's 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 like you. I think you said it. I forget if you said it on mic or not. But it's a more. It is a more fatalistic experience being Sam and being like, I can't change this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, if anything, it feels maybe challenging to be Dylan because you've got to kind of keep in like investigating uh, ways to say, <laughs> make mm-hmm. a choice, stop, yeah. uh, stop, stop raining on our parade. Like this is our parade. So you have to do it the way I say you have to do it, which is another big a, relationship thing. I think it was an interest interesting. I really love this game. It's Dang. Good game. I, that's good game. It's very well designed. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. Absolutely. Uh, I, the last card, there's a last card that says end. Um, that's kind of a good note. It says, I uh, would like to thank Charlie Jane Anders, the author of six mm-hmm. months, three days, an inspiration for this game. We suggest you read it. Uh, Charlie Jane is awesome. Um, I love her both as a writer and as a person. Uh, I love her as like a novelist and a conversationalist. She's really cool. So uh, mm-hmm. I absolutely suggest that people read that story. It's a good story. I've read it. I read it after I learned that this game was a thing. And it really is. It's very it's a beautiful story and it's fantastic. And you should look it up. So I agree. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. This uh, this particular play came about because I saw a reference to this game and I immediately had to contact you. Like, have you played this game, Jeff? I'm so excited about this game. Have and you I'm played so it? glad that you did. I'm really glad that you did because this is a game that I've wanted to play on the show for so long and it, it this really lived up to expectation. Fantastic. So real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, people can find my writing about film and television and current culture at TheVerge.com where I'm the film and TV editor. Uh, you can hear me talking about uh, current movies and old movies that go with them really well on the Next Picture Show podcast, which you can find at NextPictureShow.net. And you can find me on Twitter at Tasha Robinson. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a delight. And I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me.
Thanks, Pass Me. And thanks again to Tasha for coming on to the show. That game was... I wanted to play that game on the show for years. Like, honestly, as long as I've been doing the show, it was one of the first games I was introduced to, and I've wanted to play it for so long. And that game really honestly lived up to every expectation that I had, and more so. It was perfect. Thank you so much, Tasha. That was... (sighs) What a game. What a game. Be sure to follow Tasha on Twitter, at Tasha Robinson. Check out TheVerge.com for her TV and film writing. And check out The Next Picture Show at FilmSlotting.com slash Next Picture Show. I think it's a show that offers a lot of insightful discussion. And while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Then like us at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord at Bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. On October 16th, head to Kickstarter and help make Mission Accomplished a reality. And before then, head to Kickstarter and help make 13 Demon Princes by Taylor LaBresh a reality. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation to a friend. Any of those things helps new listeners find the show, which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also consider backing our Patreon at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Patreon backers get access to mini-podcasts, bonus materials, and interviews, and Patreon dollars pay for equipment fees, hosting costs, all the little things that keep the lights on. If you're looking for another Jeff Stormer podcast to fill your days, let me tell you about All My Fantasy Children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano-Sayas and I take a listener prompt, spin it into a fantasy character, and populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. Music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you're interested in coming onto the show, whether you are a podcaster, game designer, professional wrestler... Actor, writer, comedian, musician, film critic, kaiju, financial guru, or you just love a good role-playing game, email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that is it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And before I sign off, I have one last thing to say, and that is, you're going to do great today. Party on, everybody. (laughs) 